This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 167 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Equestrian Collections, Draper Therapies, Fleece Works, and Kentucky Performance Products. And this is Glenn McGeek from Ocala, Florida, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. That's a piece of music that is well, well deserved. A little God Save the Queen for everybody over in Great Britain after they have totally, totally dominated the Olympics in equestrian this year. They have been, they've been phenomenal. You really have to say it. Uh, they just, they have been all across the board from eventing to, to dressage, obviously, and to jumping. They just have dominated the Olympics. And much to the chagrin of the Germans, I would, <laughs> would probably add, who uh, were quite used to uh, that uh, that pinnacle of success that they they uh, had to give up this year to Great Britain. They did, and I have to be honest, it, it, it's kind of an, an interesting changing of the guard, and I think it's it's well deserved, especially in the dressage side. Just uh, just that they dominated; they were phenomenal. And I think anybody that watched, uh, one of my students called me today and said it was like watching milk milk chocolate. And I thought that was a great way to describe um, what we saw this morning. It was great. Well, I, I, we should explain to everybody that Philip is actually off this week, and Reese is actually on vacation at the beach and got sick on vacation and can barely talk. So I said I would help fill in. Do not worry. Anytime I talk about dressage, I get letters saying how bad I am. I am not a dressage guy. I just merely said I would help her get through the show today. So we have... <laughs> Thank we, you. We have some <laughs> experts coming on to actually talk and do a review of the Olympics. We have uh, Kathy Conley coming back, don't we? We do. She is our special correspondent for the Olympics, and we're so happy to have her. She did a wonderful job last week, and she will do an equally great job this week, kind of talking and wrapping up the whole Olympic uh, whole scene. So we're really looking forward to that. Yeah, we'll talk with her in just a couple of minutes. And then also later in the show, we have a new segment that we're doing. Uh, Karen from Kentucky Performance Products has agreed to do some educational segments on supplements. You know, Reese... I, I venture to say, and I, I used to work for a couple of companies that sold a lot of supplements, and what we found is that people weren't always as educated as they should have been about what supplements they give their horses. A friend says, oh, this works for my horse. You should use it for yours. And they end up, a lot of people, over-supplementing, using too many supplements. So I asked Karen to come on and talk about different situations and what supplements work for what kind of horses, who should use them, with what problems, and, you know, are there supplements that you shouldn't use if you have a horse that doesn't have those problems. So we're going to get more into detail on that over the next couple of weeks, and I, I hope that helps people to understand, you know, are they using the right ones? 
Oh, I think it's great, Glenn. We always run into that at my barn, and uh, I know Karen personally, and she's a wonderful lady and so um, experienced and educated in the whole supplement line. So I'm looking, really looking forward to hearing about it, and I'm looking, you know, hoping I'll learn something as well. I think we all can learn about different horses and what we can do better for them. Well, you know what? The supplements are also not cheap. I mean, they're they're you know they're expensive items that we give our horses, so you want to make sure you're just giving them the right ones. Uh, you know. You know, you don't need to be giving them the wrong ones and, and spending that kind of money doing that. So so hopefully, uh, Karen, will help. Uh, she's very good at explaining things and making it real clear. Uh, so we're going to talk to her a little bit later in the show, too. So we have Olympic talk, obviously, after a terrific time. This year has been, you know, I know a lot of people were complaining about the NBC coverage, but when in the past have we ever been able to watch every test of every equestrian discipline over the last two weeks? We've never been able to do that before like we had this year. Oh, it's true. And even today, here on vacation, you know, we, I was able to watch uh, most of the freestyles and, uh, on, you know, on normal coverage. That was great. My my husband and brother-in-law went running out to the beach, but um, my, my mom and my sister and I, we just sat and just enjoyed the morning. And really, it, that was phenomenal. So, you know, my complaints are, are limited for that because I really, we had, a, we had a really fun time watching that this morning. Well, that must have been very interesting with your mom and your sister, of course, as a dressage rider of note, and your mom sitting there that must have been an interesting commentary as the as the tests were going by <laughs> we did we we had a great time doing it and it's, it's fun always to share it with your family and uh and, and my dad snuck in for the last five rides which uh you know always in in, in the big sport uh the, the because of the way the draws happen um the the better horses come later so if you really know what you're doing as my my dad uh, likes to watch the last few horses of, of the group and uh really the last five were, were something to watch and worth uh, i hope people were able to take the morning off or taped it uh so they can can watch it because it, it's worth it I, I I also see you learn that as a horse husband and in his case a horse father, you learn that little trick. So I also watched the last five today. So yeah. I'm there with him. We you know that's that's what we learn early on as horse husbands. Yes. Well, let's take a little Come break wait. here before we get to real Olympic coverage with uh, Kathy doing the review for us here today. Uh, let's take a little break for Draper Therapies. I had a chance to catch up with Kat a little bit uh, earlier in the day for Draper Therapies Product of the Week. Hi, Glenn here from the Horse Radio Network, and I'm with Kat from Draper Therapies with a product highlight of the week. What are we talking about this week, Kat? Well, this week we're talking about the Draper Therapies Anti-Sweat Sheet, and they are a really wonderful item that is for horses. And they're a very lightweight mesh material, and we found that they're great for all year-round use. And what they do is is they're helping increase circulation to your horse's body and helping to regulate um, the body's temperature, but also to help, you know, their muscles recover a lot better and just help maximize the benefits that you can get from using our products. We have them available in burgundy and navy trim, and they're available in all sizes. Um, So any horse, they're available for them. And we also do custom sizes for horses that might be a little bit more of a Baroque breed. So we just have you contact us if you need something special, but we are always available to help. Uh, The products retail for $169, and they are all made in the U.S. So from start to finish, fabrics and all the products that go into it, the little buckles and all that are all made here in the U.S. So it's a really amazing product. These um, 
anti-sweatsheets are actually used too to if you have a really hot horse, let's say you're after an event or things like that and you really need to cool them down quickly, you can immerse these in cool water and throw them over top of oh. your horse. So it's not like adding a really like cool bath or anything like ice on top of them, but it's just cooling them down enough to get, you know, to where they're comfortable. And so that's another great feature of these sweatsheets. Well, that's terrific. And you can find them where? At drapertherapies.com. Very good. And I heard you have another event coming up as well. Yeah, absolutely. We are so looking forward to this. Um, Next weekend, or I guess this upcoming weekend, which is August 18th and 19th, we are working with Hassler Dressage, and they're putting on an equine wellness symposium. And they're bringing vets and practitioners from all areas, and they're talking about everything to do with the horse. So everything from nutrition to lameness to alternative therapies to supplementation, pretty much everything. And it's a great, well-rounded event that's going to be taking place. Lunch is provided for anybody who is coming by um, for this event, and the hours are from like 8 to 4 p.m., and you can come and go as you please. But, you know, it's just going to be such an amazing amount of knowledge that you can learn in this event. And to boot, it's going to be at the Hassler's new facility, which is just amazing to begin with. So even if you go just to check it out, it's definitely worthwhile for you to come on by. Is there a website? Do you know? Yeah. Yes. It's If you look at HasslerDressage.com or if you go on DraperTherapies.com, you can find the information for the symposium. Very good. Thank you, Kat, for joining us this week. I'm pleased to welcome back our special Olympic correspondent, uh, Kathy Conley. Kathy is a, uh, on the High Performance Dressage Committee for the USCT and a well-renowned uh, uh, trainer and judge throughout the United States and the world. Kathy, welcome back to the Dressage Radio Show. Thank you, Reese, and thank you, Glenn. It's very nice to be back here after these exciting days with the Olympics that we all just watched. It was wonderful, wasn't it? It was unbelievable. It was historic. It was just incredible. And well, the, let's get right into it. I wanted it. to say before, before we go on, you know, some of the things we talked about last week, uh, we had a different outcome than we thought. So it's going to be interesting to see, Kathy, what, uh, what your thoughts on the whole thing were. Yeah, well, you know, we never know, right? It's a subjectively judged sport. It's two athletes, a human being and them, and a horse, and all kinds of things can happen, and sometimes they do. And I think what we saw was tremendous sportsmanship by every country and every rider. I watched and saw, of course, every ride. And I was very impressed. There were so many noble moments in this Olympics. There's no wonder that the horse has taken such a noble place in history. And... We could just see all the enthusiasm of those 23,000 spectators and Great Britain, we know, had a phenomenal Olympics overall. But there was such good riding in our dressage sport. I was really proud to see that. And just always, I remember that each one of these people already made an Olympics. That's why they're there. So the placings, of course, are important to the people riding, but it's just an amazing honor to be there. Let's start with the team event with with um, how Great okay. Britain, Germany, and Netherlands. Let's start. Let's start with the team event as we start with our discussion tonight. Okay, great. Well, I think it's interesting. I don't know what you guys think, but I thought it was very interesting that this time, the way that it was decided was by both the Grand Prix and the Grand Prix Special, and that hasn't been done before. And it was. To, we talked about this in the preview of the Olympics, but. It was interesting how that all played out, and the U.S. was Grand Prix 5th place, Grand Prix Special 6th place, and overall 6th, 
the Great Britain stayed first all the way through Germany, second all the way through Netherlands, third all the way through. And then there was some different mixing up of the scores and or not mixing up, but different positions taken by Denmark, Sweden, Spain, and the United States as the competition went on. And then the freestyle was the way that the individual was decided. And usually, as we know in the past, it's been the three scores, the Grand Prix, the Grand Prix Special, and the freestyle with different percentages that determine the individual medal. So it was an interesting process to watch. And I thought it was exciting this way, you know, whether that will be what the Olympic Committee decides is the future, I don't know. But we saw a tremendous riding. It was really an incredible incredible battle of titans and cavalcade of stars at this Olympics, the strongest dressage Olympics ever. And some of the horses had three star horses and three star riders and some had one and it was it's all different depending on what happens and what horses are ready for whatever Olympics comes up. But it was just thrilling, I think, for everybody. And we certainly had a great group of fans there to be stomping and cheering everybody on. That was incredible. 23,000 people screaming and yelling. Uh, it just made me smile every time I, they pan the crowd, for sure. Yes. And did you like how the Queen <laughs> came in? Did you like what Danny Boyle did with the Queen and with James Bond? Oh, I thought that was fabulous in the opening. I did, too. Oh, I did, too. I think that was phenomenal. <laughs> so, Kathy, we actually had a pretty young group, um, it, for sure, in, in the freestyle group. We had a lot of new, young stars. Um so can we talk a little bit about Charlotte and Adelinda and Laura? These are all younger younger riders. Yeah, there were a lot. And for different reasons that happened, for example, Isabel there couldn't ride for Germany because um, her horse had been injured. And for various other reasons, that's how it came about. Germany had a very young team with the three riders that they had. But if we start with Charlotte, it's such an exciting story because it is, if you wish upon a star, is what happened in this situation for an individual who very much deserves it and for a team of supporters behind her, including her coach and fellow team member, Carl Hester. But Charlotte, many times our sport is perceived as people having to have a lot of money to make it and to make a team, and that isn't true. There are a number of riders, if we go through the roster of this Olympics, who did not do it with a lot of money, but who made their way from the beginning by training their own horses. And in this case, Carl Hester bought Vallegro as a baby, as a young horse, and he also bought Utopia, not as a baby, but a few years older. And here's Great Britain winning the gold medal with, I don't know if this is a record, it probably is, that one of the riders, Carl Hester, owns two of the horses on the team, and they get the gold medal, and it was just an amazing process. And when she rode today, I know everybody, we always say you could hear a pin drop, but it just was, the horse was so on, she was too. She had only one little bobble, which is after she came, just when she was making that one transition into the passage. And then when she came out, I could see on her face that it maybe hadn't been feeling to her the way that the other two tests had and she wasn't quite sure because in our sport because it is subjective you never kind of know till the score goes up and then she came out when she was in the holding area it was just beautiful 
when she said, she turned to one of the people there and said, he was so tired today and he gave me everything he had. And then shortly afterward, they announced her score and she just burst into tears. She was on him. She burst into tears and covered her face up, but she was so moved by his effort for her. And I just thought, you know, it's so beautiful for anyone who's in this sport or wants to hope they could get on an Olympic team to know that she did it from the grassroots up by working in stables and working for her lessons and coming to this place. And I want to also say how very extraordinary I think Carl Hester is when she was doing so well on Villegro, although he owned him, he didn't try to take him for himself. He stayed with Utopia and has joined in with great support for her all the way along. And the sportsmanship is so important to all of us in the treatment of the horses. And those are two very loved horses, Utopia and Vallegro. And I thought it was very inspiring. So it was. And she came out and, and gave Carl the biggest hug you've ever seen. And that was just, uh, I, I did have a tear, honestly, because I know how that works. And, and it was just phenomenal. And many people may not know Kathy has been my coach through my uh, international career and so I, I've had the same ride when I have come out and, and seen Kathy and, and it's uh, it's such a cool experience to have with a trainer and somebody that has, has known you since you're young so um, that I've, I've had the same feeling and, and to see her uh, Carl was just really moving. Well I have to say I've enjoyed every minute we have shared together Reese in the training and also in the coaching and all the rest, and it's very special for the coach and to be with a person who's so gifted and who tries so hard. And then I think of your horses, Casper and Meep, and you know, just all the horses um, together, Yuri, that we've done. And the feeling out there <laughs> when you're watching your student ride on this beautiful, incredible, noble horse who's going to give everything he has. And Reese, I can just say, Glenn is an amazing competitor. Reese. You know, her warm-ups are good, but she goes in there and Reese is on. I mean, she has what it takes to do that, and I'm saying that very genuinely, and we saw a lot of that same showmanship going on here in the Olympics, but I was very proud for Great Britain that they did so well. We're going back now to the Young Rider group. Um, Laura Bechtelsheimer, I thought, was just stunning today with Mistral, and that freestyle, I don't know what you thought, Reese, when you were watching, and Glenn, I'm not sure if you saw it, but just the power that that horse has. And she, I thought it was her best ride of all the three rides that she did. And the horses, Piaf and Passage, and just all the more difficult things that she did in her ride really worked out. And we know that that's part of the scoring, is that we want to see if in fact when they take the risks, did the risk really work? And hers did. And she seems like such a good sport. She is coached by Klaus Balkenhall, and she did so well also in the World Games with this horse. But that was a real thrill to see her and the support she was giving her team, and I was very proud of her. And she's also a young rider herself. The Germans... Can I give you a a quote real quick from Laura? Laura had a quote today that I'd like to share with you. She said, for a horse of his age at 17 to move like that and give all is beyond words. He was so full of power of energy, he gave me a very special ride. To be on the podium again was huge for us. He's 17 years old. He may or may not do another championship. I have no idea. To finish this year off like this was fantastic. I felt like I'd finally done him justice. 
isn't that cool how she spoke about him that way? She did him justice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she certainly demonstrated exactly that attitude. I think that's a terrific example. Exactly. Yep. I, I think she did, to too. And, and uh, I agree with you about her test. And, and the choice of music, I'm so excited now. I'm coming at this from a horse husband who's been seeing mm-hmm. dressage tests for 25 years, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the choice of music today, I love, love, love that the music is getting more upbeat and more contemporary. I mean, you had Charlotte in there with Great Escape, Live and Let Die, and Pomp and Circumstance. I mean, I loved that. Yeah. <laughs> I had goosebumps during that test. And I'm a horse husband. Uh, well, I thought the music in general, it, 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 we've moved from kind of the techno to a little bit more, uh, especially with a few of the German riders, it was almost like watching a ballet. And I thought that was really uh, beautiful and, and way more fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, before we go on, Kathy, let's take a quick break for a commercial, and we're going to be right back to continue talking about, uh, well, we'll have to get to, into the discussion too, a little bit, too, about the U.S. team, which we haven't even mentioned here at this point. So, Great. Hi, Glenn, back with you from the Horse Radio Network. I'm here with Debbie with the Equestrian Collections Product of the Week. You know, I want to ask all of our listeners, doesn't it just make you crazy when your spray bottle just doesn't work? It either leaks or it breaks and you're squishing that thing and nothing comes out and you can't get underneath your horse. Well, I have the perfect product. It's the Kelly Just Anyway Spray Bottle Nozzle. For less than $2 and a half, we send you this spray bottle nozzle. You can put it in any spray bottle, you know, of the normal size that you use for your, for your fly spray and stuff. And you can go underneath the horse. It works upside down. It works and it doesn't leak? It doesn't leak. And, oh, you know, it doesn't break. It, these things, I am always throwing them out and getting new ones in. And these are really, really good. We completely, you, we use them here, and we just think they're great. Um, the, it's a nine-inch little hose there, but you can cut that off if you need, if you have a shorter bottle. So, you know, you can, it works in several other types of bottles. And for $2 and a half, it would make the perfect little gift for somebody at your barn that's having a birthday or, you know, for a stocking stuffer as the holidays approach. It's just, and they're in stock, too. So get them while they're hot. Well, I, and it doesn't leak, right? It doesn't leak. <laughs> because that's the worst thing. You're in there spraying, you turn the bottle over to get the bottom of the horse, and it leaks all over your hands. And then you got to wash your hands. you got fly spray all over you. It, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's one of those things we all have to deal with as horse people that, that I didn't know there was a solution for. So now there's a solution for less than two and a half bucks. You might as well buy ten of them and replace all your bottles. Well, that's exactly right. And you can go on our website, www.equestriancollections.com, and just search for Just Anyway Spray Bottle, and it'll come right up for you. Terrific. Equestriancollections.com. Thanks, Glenn. Fleeceworks manufactures pure Australian merino sheepskin and merino wool saddle pads and accessories. Their pads produce a vital thermal balancing layer to pull excess moisture and heat away from the horse's back, allowing muscles to work at maximum capacity without overheating. Fleeceworks Australian merino wool is breathable and hydrophilic, able to hold and store 35% of its own weight in liquid. A longtime staple of the medical field, Australian merino fibers have no equal when it comes to delivering a temperature-controlled, pressure-absorbing layer. The Fleeceworks philosophy, minimum bulk, 
maximum performance, and they have a variety of anatomically correct pads incorporating technologies and designs that address the individual needs of every horse and rider. Ask for Fleeceworks saddle pads and accessories by name at your local Tack and Feed store, or visit them online at fleeceworks.com. So, Kat, can we talk a little bit about the U.S. team? We haven't talked about them uh, on our interview yet. Right. And the U.S. team was represented by Stefan Peters and Ravel and Tina Konyat on Collecto and then also Jan Abling on Rafalka. And I was very proud of the strong presentation and excellent riding that our U.S. dressage riders produced at this Olympics. This is the first time that they've all been in the 70s The only for every ride. The only ride that wasn't was Rafalka's was just below that, 69-something in the special, but they made a very strong representation. And the United States has won the bronze medal in the Olympics in Barcelona, 1992, Atlanta, 96, Sydney, 2000, Athens, 2004. This Olympics was just not our Olympics, really, um, in terms of our dressage and some of the other, rather, the other two horse sports also. But that doesn't mean the quality of what our riders did wasn't good because it was. And Stefan, I thought in his usual way, he's so classy. He always exudes a calm, composed, elegant aura. And because I know him well, I know that that's really genuine with him. And his love of his horse is very, very deep. He and Ravel have been together a long time. And this is, they're saying, Stefan and his group, that this is going to be the retirement time after this for Ravel. And today watching that freestyle was one of the noble moments for me watching the Olympics because he rode him so beautifully. And unfortunately, there were a couple of mistakes. But at the end, when he came around to come down the center line and he was doing the one-handed passage and he halted and saluted and everybody cheered, he reached over and he petted him and he said something to him. And I don't know what he said, but he sort of leaned forward a little longer for people to watch the replays and he said something. And it probably was something like, thanks, buddy, you did a great job. And always when he speaks about him or when one compliments Stefan on anything, he always says, I'm so fortunate to ride such a great horse or great horses. He's a very humble human being. So I was proud he of our a, team. He had a quote today, too. You, do you want to hear that? Uh, he, he, you know, he realized he didn't have the most terrific test today, and uh, I can read this to you if you'd like. It's, he said, I'll remember Ravel for his career. If you put it all together, then this was just a little glitch today, but it's certainly very sad that it happened at the end of his career. I still love him. He's given us so much, just not quite today. I'd like to do one big retirement party for Ravel and hopefully ride the freestyle once more and do it a little better than here. So that's what he had to say today. That's beautiful. Yeah. And that horse and that rider have won us so many medals. And he also said, Ravel doesn't owe me anything or anyone else. He said, we owe him now. And I think what you just said, Glenn, is beautiful, and that's very Stefan Peters. Right. And that horse is a legend, and the two of them together are a legend. All right, so as far as the rest of the team, now there's a little horse that's been making the news a lot here, Kathy. Tell us what you thought. I'm sure you mean Rafalka. Yeah, and a few thousand <laughs> articles later. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, 
it was so exciting that she made the team. I was on the team of selectors at the selection trials. That doesn't mean that we select the horses. Um, the judges do and the riders select themselves by the scores they get. But Rafalka produced at the Olympics exactly what she was producing at home. She's a very consistent, elegant mare. She has a very lovely and reliable piaf. And I think Jan rode her very, very well. There are three, um, all of his performances, both the Grand Prix and the Special, were terrific. And, of course, a lot of attention's drawn to her because she's owned, a third of her is owned by Ann Romney. I happen to know Ann Romney quite well because I help her in Massachusetts when she's here riding her horses. I'm not her trainer. Jan is her trainer, but she does ride with me here. And... She is such a joyful person, and her husband is so supportive of her. We all know from all these 2,000 articles, Glenn, <laughs> that Anne started the riding really to help her with her MS. And she's a lot of fun to teach. She will, She's very joyful. She'll go around and she'll go, woo, woo, in the middle of her lesson when something goes well. And she's also a wonderful owner of a horse. And I know that she and Jan have a close relationship and Anne was just thrilled to see Rafalka do so well there. And I think it's just exciting for our sport in our country that someone as lovely as she is and Jan together in the partnership and Rafalka are drawing attention to our sport. It's really well, you know, you're, for all you're very us. familiar, obviously, with with uh, the Romneys and, and also, you're, uh, you know, familiar with the selectors and how all of that works. One of the things that uh, and we don't talk politics here in the Horse Radio Network, it's one of my rules. Uh, but but I own the place, so I can bring this next uh, subject up. Um, one of the things that bothered me about a lot of these articles, and, and we see every news article that has the word horse in it comes across our desk for all our different shows. One of the biggest things that bothered me the most, and we were contacted by a couple news organizations to actually to go on TV and stuff about this, and I refused, is they were insinuating it by the, the uneducated were insinuating that the only reason that Rafalka even got in the Olympics is because it was Romney's horse, and that bothered me. Well, that bothers me too, because it's not true, and she really earned her spot. Jan and Rafalka really earned their spot on that team, and Rafalka has tried out with Jan for other things and hasn't made it before. She made it because she deserved it, and she's also got a solid record behind her. She's competed for our country in the World Cup with Jan, and I think people will always have things like that to say, but she truly earned it and produced the same performance there that she did in the selection trials. Oh, well, good. I, I, I'm glad to hear that. And, and uh, you know, we all know that we know how it works. You know, obviously, uh, the non-horse people don't know how it works. And that's become evident in a lot of these articles because they're so ill-written. Um, but so so we all can get on and hopefully Rafalka can get on uh, with the career and and and, and go go places with without a lot of the excess attention here after we get past November. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's a nonsense thought that she made it because of that, because the United States team has a lot of integrity and doesn't want any horse or rider to be on a team that isn't truly going to represent them in the way they should be represented. Jan and Rafalka earned the spot, and they did a good job for us. Terrific. Reese? And Kathy, can you talk a little bit about um, Tina and her ride? Tina did a great job, and that stallion is special. He is a stallion, but he's got a beautiful 
attitude, and she was very elegant. Tina's a beautiful rider. Her family has a very interesting history of training all kinds of animals for the circus. Her father, Alex Cognette, was a very, very famous circus trainer who also knew um, Freddie Knie in Switzerland, and Freddie Knie was very instrumental in helping train Granat and Christine Stuckelberger along with George Ball. So there's, you know, there's a history that goes on for years back with all of these different horses and riders. And Tina was very elegant. She's very composed. She's a very confident rider. And there were some mistakes in her tests, but overall she produced a very good Piaf. The Passage needed a little bit more regularity in places, but the horse was very forward going, very happy in what he was doing. And I thought they produced a good partnership. And we haven't talked much about the German team. We talked a little bit about the young, the younger kind of generation coming up. But what do you think about the German team in their presentation? The German team was beautifully represented by Christina Spray and Desperados, and Helen Longhannenberg with Damon Hill, and Dorothy Schneider with Diva Royale, and their trainer is Johnny Hilberath, and he has done a very good job with the team and they were three elegant, phenomenal riders. And I noticed today, which really touched me when Helen came out of her freestyle with Damon Hill, which was a very balletic freestyle. He's such an elegant horse. And she did, for example, a brilliant extension trot to the halt, extended trot to the halt. She came out and she got off and she's a very down to earth person. And she personally, had her groom hold him while she put his boots on his legs so when he would get taken back to the stable he wouldn't hurt himself and these are all the moments Reese you know these moments because we've been at competitions together and and all this when you don't want your horse to get hurt and the little special things that even though you're at an Olympics you keep doing I was very touched by that and her score was fantastic today and also terrific performance by Christina and Desperados lovely very lively and fluid Piaf Passage. Then she did the one-handed Piaf. And that horse is very gymnastic. I mean, what's exciting is these riders all have a great future, too. And then also Dorothy Schneider on Diva Royale. The horse is very athletic. She had a mistake in the ones, but all the rest of Piaf Passage, et cetera, very leggy horse. They deserved their place, and they did a really beautiful job, and I think their coach should be very proud of them. Absolutely, and, and Diva Royale was a mayor. She was one of the only mayors uh, in that top group, so I thought that was an interesting thing. Exactly, and the others are stallions. Yeah, mostly were stallions. So um, what did you think about the Dutch team? You spent a lot of time in Holland back and forth. Kathy, what would you say about Anki and Sally Nero? Well, I was blown away by Anki Solinero because, I mean, Anki is the freestyle queen and has been the reigning freestyle queen for years. She's won more World Cups than anybody. And then here's our friend Solinero coming out at 18 years old to be the third horse on the Dutch team. And it was extraordinary. Um, he, she began with a Passage Piaf tour that was very well executed and Sal and Arrow looked very fresh even after the two other days of competition. She did a left-hander pirouette 
and then she went around the corner, double pirouette rather, then she went around the corner and counter canner. She did that in both directions, which is not easy. It's very difficult. Every risk she took, she succeeded in producing the result to get a great score. It was absolutely lovely. And again, she brought him 82%. That's pretty amazing. So I was very impressed with that, and I could tell she was very pleased. The whole Dutch contingent was pleased. You know, when they show the box where the team stands, when their rider is in, everybody's hugging chef and and all of that. Um, so that was exciting. And then, of course, Edward on Undercover, who he's only been on for six months, and I thought that this test that he did today was the most impressive of the three tests that he did. And he also did very difficult choreography. He had very good pirouettes. He went extended trot immediately to the walk. He did a hugely expressive extended canter with undercover in every test he did. And today was most amazing. But I was very impressed, and his Piaf Passage was lovely. He's an amazing rider. When I watch the preparations with him and the real transitions everybody's talking about, that's Edward Gall. And then, of course, yeah, he truly is amazing. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, he really is. When you watch him and, and the amount of horses he's trained, and and I think it's as a rider and, and, and trainer, you watch him and just he just is able to produce and produce and uh, you know kudos to him that he can ride a horse like that after six months is pretty incredible. It truly is, and he's had so many now that he does so well with. And Adelinda, who obviously ended up with a silver medal, and that's an older horse too, and. It was a very dynamic Piaf Passage that horse has and such a powerful extension. It reminds me of Rusty that Ula Salzgeber has ridden in the past. And then she did extended canter to the center line, which is really uh, a movement in the freestyle that years ago Isabel Vert introduced into the freestyle when she was one of the young riders coming up. And then Adelinda went into a double canter pirouette. I thought it was the best self-carriage that Parsifal had over the three days that he competed. And then she was just brilliant at the end. So the score of 88 plus that she had in the freestyle was, I thought, very well deserved. She um, actually, uh, Stephen, or, uh, Stephen Clark, uh, who is the president of the ground jury, said that the two tests were very close. As a quote from him, he said, the impression we had was that Enlin had huge power and expression, but for us there needed to be a little bit more lightness and self-carriage. So that goes along with what you just said. Yeah, and that's true. I mean, if we talk, speak about specifics, when we think of horses, when we watch the ride today with Vallegro and Charlotte, the horse, as we know, horses show their tension in the back pole and or jaw. And Vallegro, in all instances, is just so through and so relaxed and so dynamic. And Parzival is a very powerful, huge mover, but he has been criticized in the past, or if there's something that could be a little better, there could be more relaxation in his jaw, and I think that she has improved that a lot with him over time, but I think when we look for harmony, et cetera, um, Vallegro had it today. It was his day. It really was when you watched it and you watched, you know, if you were able to watch all, all the last group, uh, they were, uh, you know, just phenomenal. But when you watch the Legro go, he, it was his day and, and her arena. And, um, 
you know, when you can see that with a pair, it's incredible. I, before we get off Salerno, I just wanted to, and, and the Dutch team, you know, I just wanted to mention, too, that we didn't mention here that that was his last competition ever as well. Um, so so that was the, that, that was the end of a, a career. And, of course, you know, won gold medals at the last two Olympic Games, was coming in here as the reigning gold medalist. Exactly. And also, Glenn, I think that's so significant. And also, she came into this Olympics as the number one world-ranking rider and produced such brilliant performances and consistent, along with brilliant, which is hard to put together, to end up silver medal that way with a horse that age that she's had, again, a legendary career with, was really quite inspiring to watch. Yeah. So, Kathy, some final thoughts on the overall? Well, you know, I thought something that was really special, Glenn and Reese, was Jenny Lorson-Clark, who has been a very wonderful rider for Great Britain in the past on Dutch Gold and other horses that she actually bred herself, was in the stewards box when the riders would come out. And it wasn't just today for the freestyle. She was there the other days. And each time she asked each rider as they came out how, if they'd had a good ride. And it was just lovely to see her there and be part of the Olympics in that way. And I also noticed... I was just noting who was wearing helmets in this Olympics mm-hmm. instead of top hats. And, of course, one of the, a couple of the Spanish did, and then Ashley Holzer and Jackie Brooks from Canada did. Adrian Lyle did from the United States as the individual rider. And then, of course, our gold medalist, Charlotte Dujardin, wore hers. And it was a beautiful thing to see that this is important to people in this level also. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of of helmets in the future and it's going to become a growing trend that people will wear them for safety. And I must say that I thought that the most beautiful one was Charlotte's and I thought it not only fit her well, but the strap fit her well. And I think some of the reasons some of the riders don't wear them is because the straps are a little bit cumbersome, but people are liking the look because the helmet designers are coming up with super designs, but I was pleased to see that a number of the riders chose to wear them. And of course, at the Horse Radio Network, we're big believers in helmets and have been to all the helmet symposiums and and things like that. And and her helmet was a Charles Owen, and I got to, they're friends of the Horse Radio Network as well, and I got to say, it was absolutely beautiful. It matched her coat perfectly. It just, it worked. I thought... And again, this is a a, uh, a novice watching this. I thought I liked it better than a lot of the top hats because it was such a sleek look. I agree. Yeah, I feel the same yeah, way. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and yeah, for a younger rider, it, it really worked. You know, for for her being such a younger rider, it's got. I hope that she starts setting a trend here with some of the younger riders out there uh, that they then feel more comfortable to do it. And it just goes to prove you don't have to be wearing a top hat to win gold. That's the other no, thing you that don't. goes to prove. Yeah. <laughs> No, exactly. no, <laughs> no, that was, that was great. Yeah, so, so more power to her. Good job, all the way around. So, Kathy, where can people find out more about you? Well, I have a website, which will be coming up soon. It's being redesigned. It's Kathy Conley Dressage. And I have a second website, Conley Hoff Dressage Horses, because I find horses for people in Europe. And I'm also on Facebook, so... And that's, that's the way to find me. And that's C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y. Two N's, two L's, right? 
That's right, Glenn. Okay. Very good. Well, thank you, Kathy. We really appreciate you being here with us today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Kathy. Thanks for inviting me. Bye, you guys. Well, now it's kind of what comes next in the dressage calendar. We start into the fall uh, competition season, don't we? We do. We start into the fall, and actually, uh, the North American Young young Horse Finals are going on uh, in a couple weeks, so Philip and I will kind of start talking about that, and we'll have some fun guests on, and then we do. We go into the uh, season of Devon and our regional championships all over the country, so uh, it's going to be a fun couple months coming coming on. Now, is there any chance that we're going to see you in Florida over the winter? I think that's the rumor. I'm going to be able to go to Florida for January and February. So oh, wow. we're just working it through. And I could we could do a show on how to get Sparta organized because <laughs> it is a little bit like herding cats, actually. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. We're doing our, our down payments now uh, for Florida season. So it's always uh, hard to do that uh, when it's 100 degrees and, and you're talking about winter. But uh, so far we have seven horses coming down. But, uh, Glenn, I'm going to have to find some time to meet you in, in Disneyland for sure. Oh, yes, you're definitely. We're definitely going to have to do that. We we have our season uh, passes. We're ready. We'll meet you anytime. I know. It's going to be great fun. That'll be so much fun. Yeah, that'll be great. And Travis, we'll have to, we'll have to do that on the weekend he's down so that we can all we can all meet up there. That'll be, that'll be a blast. And you know what? We Oh, it's going to be after Food and Wine at uh, Epcot, Food and Wine Festival, because that's always fun. You drink oh, and eat your no. way around. <laughs> so. We see a road trip in our future down to see you, West Palm Beach, too. I mean, Ocala gets a little bit chillier than West Palm Beach that time of year. We're going to have to come down and see you. Well, I would love it. And anybody that's down and and wants to talk about the show or hear about our plans, please, please uh, send us an email, and um, we would love that. And uh, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, exerciseradio.com. You can like us on Facebook and just search for the Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. And my website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. Well, thank you, everybody, and I apologize for, for, for being on the Dressage Show and for anything I screwed up. Um, if you would like to hear some of the shows I do where we don't talk about things like Dressage uh, and, and cover the little bit lighter side of the horse world, you can find us at Horses in the Morning. And also I do a show called Stable Scoop. The first show on the Horse Radio Network was the Stable Scoop Radio Show. We're three and a half years, almost four years into that. So uh, you can find all of the shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Join Jamie and I in Horses in the Morning. It's a lot of fun. When I come down to West Palm Beach to see you, you're going to have to co-host with me some more. We'll have to do the show live from West Palm Beach, Horses in the Morning. Oh, I think it'll be great. And I love it. And Glenn, anytime you want to come on the on the Dressage Video Show, I love it every time. And you do a great job. So thanks for coming on while Philip was at a horse show and, and working with me while I've been on the holiday with my family. And I'm really glad uh, my two-year-old nephew didn't come running into the room. Um, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not making any promises for the next two minutes. But uh, <laughs> Connor's been having a great time running up and down the hallway. So well, you I take apologize care. to anyone. You take care of yourself down there on vacation. A heck of a time to get a cold is when you're on vacation. But I know this one's been going around. I had it too. You take care. Go out, lay on the beach, and bake it out. No doubt. We're trying. Well, everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week.